This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. We interrupt this program to bring you the following message. What if everything you've been told about money was a lie? It's time for the truth. Welcome to Financial Coaching Radio, where cookie-cutter financial advice just doesn't cut it. With your host, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. He's giving it to you straight and pulling back the curtains on the financial advice industry. No hidden agenda and no one-size-fits-all baby steps. Only unbiased, objective help for your entire financial life. Tackling your money questions at 893-1450. And now, here's the host of Financial Coaching Radio. Commission-free, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. What is up? We're going to show giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio, and I'm your host, Jason Qualls, certified financial planner, one of the only independent commission-free financial advisors in Rutherford County. For all about me, check out JasonQualsCFP.com, J-A-S-O-N-Q-U-A-L-L-S-C-F-P.com. Questions, comments, direct them to the email address. Click email the show at FinancialCoachingRadio.com. Do you have a financial DNA? Interesting read from a CPA, and he's also in the financial planning business. Let's talk about that. I don't see that much as often as I used to. There was a designation for financial planning that CPAs could get. And it's not, uh, you know, as far as the CPA exam goes, it's more focused on, uh, it's not really even focused that much on tax. There's tax parts to it, but more bookkeeping and auditing and business and financial statements, those types of things, not really directed at personal financial planning. There is a designation that CPAs can get. It's nowhere near as all-inclusive and uh, down to the nitty-gritty about financial planning as the Certified Financial Planner designation. But nonetheless, I feel it's a great topic to discuss. That What is your financial personality? What is your financial DNA? The first up on this, this list is a do-it-yourself investor. Do-it-yourself investors enjoy investing for the excitement of it. Well, maybe. They enjoy maybe the analytical part of it. Maybe they are very risk. They like taking risk. Do-it-yourself selfers believe they love the complexity and technicality of it, or typically just because they don't want to pay anyone. I think that is the biggest uh, aspect of this DNA category of a do-it-yourself financial planner, do-it-yourself investor. They don't trust anyone else. They have a lot of confidence in their own ability. Now, you may be one of the smartest people in the world. When it comes to personal financial planning, here is my take on it. You are too close to your own situation. Excuse me. You're too close to your own situation to make to see everything clearly. You're going to have bias. You're going to make mistakes because it's you trying to plan for yourself. An expert that's outside of your 
uh, personal situations. You want to see things more clearly. But there are still do-it-yourselfers out there. If that's you, I would say there's nothing wrong with having a fee-only CFP. Take a look at what you got going on. Even if you decide not to hire them, you pay someone for a couple hours of their time just to get a double check. You may not pay them ongoing. You may not ever want that. Uh, I would strongly encourage that you do need it. But if you're just not going to do anything as far as hiring an ongoing financial planner, at least let them double check. Another financial DNA category is delegators. Delegators typically prefer to rely on a trusted advisor to steer their investment decisions. There are a few questions you should ask yourself to figure out if you're a delegator. Are you interested in the process of investing or wealth management? Are you very knowledgeable about investing? If the answer to these questions is no, you may be a. De- I don't see that. This, this is getting off <clears throat> on. I think <clears throat> any great business person, any person that manages their personal life very well, usually is a very good delegator. They realize their strengths and their weaknesses, and they say, hey, this person knows a lot more about this topic than I do. I'm going to go out and hire the best. And it would apply to every aspect of your life. <clears throat> if you have legal questions or issues, you have tax issues or, or, or questions, or need tax planning, same to financial planning, medical advice, uh, athlete, uh, athletic would be the, the right term, but physical, you know, physical fitness. That There's experts in every area that we can reach out to and gain some some insight to handle things better in our own life. I think delegators are actually going to be the ones who are most successful. So what about you and your financial DNA? I think most people who do things very, very well, they have realized that they can't do everything. They can't see things as clearly. Whether you're a do-it-yourselfer, you'll end up eventually probably hiring an advisor. The reason you will do that is because you have made many mistakes on your own. I say this all the time on Financial Coaching Radio. One of the jobs of a great certified financial planner, and it's kind of a joke, but it's not. One of the jobs with working with clients as a financial planner is to hold your client's hands and basically baby them protect them from themselves like you would a child i'm not saying that clients are childlike i don't mean it to be insulting at all it's because people so involved in their own situation have too many emotions flying around to see things as clear as they should uh, when they at the most vital times so a lot of you do-it-yourselfers will end up with financial planners because they finally come to the realization that they need expert help So one of the roles a great CFP will do for you is protect you from you. Hey, I want to invest in single stocks. Or hey, what about this complex, high-cost financial product? What about this get-rich-quick scheme? Or whatever the scenario. A a great CFP will say, nah, let's steer clear of that one. Let's stick with what's always worked. Let's stick with tried-and-true methods here. Let's not try to reinvent the wheel. And for those of you who are currently delegating your financial planning, are you delegating it to the right type of advisor? 
Now, you know if you're a regular listener of this show what I'm going to tell you, but I don't know if it quite sinks in enough. People, I think, deep down somewhere, believe that I have some type of an agenda. And I truly don't. I don't do this show for an agenda. Uh, it's not really a – if it's for marketing purposes, I don't feel like I use it very well for that reason. Uh, it really is a channel of information. So I try to use it for help you see things clearly in the financial radio world because I don't believe many shows are telling you the truth. But what the, the right type of advisor that you're looking for, if you don't have one or if you currently have one, you need someone who's not affiliated with a financial institution. And you may be thinking, well, it makes me feel more comfortable because they're with a huge company and they can serve my needs better. That may be your perception, but it typically is not the reality because them being affiliated, your advisor being affiliated with a financial company or a bank or an investment firm or insurance company gives them a conflict of interest with you. They're trying to serve two masters. It cannot be done. One master being the company that they work for or affiliated with, and the other master being the client, you. So make sure your advisor is independent. Make sure they know something about financial planning. Make sure they're a certified financial planner. And last, but certainly the most important, is their compensation style. Are they commission-based? They, are they allowed to accept commissions? Do they sell financial products? Will they earn a commission? You don't want any of that. You want a fee-only, independent CFP. A fee-only simply means that you and your advisor are going to negotiate what the fee structure should be. And that is the only type of compensation that that advisor is allowed, uh, legally speaking, to receive. And it could be an hourly rate you're paying them. It could be a fixed amount. It could be a percentage of your investments. It could be, I used to say, balls of yarn or balls of rubber bands. It doesn't really matter how you con You and your advisor determine the best method of compensation. And once that's established, no matter what they recommend you do or do not do, they cannot get paid any differently anymore. There's no trips to win by the advisor, no bonuses they can receive by getting to invest in this or that. It's the purest form of financial advice. If you stray away from any of those three, independent fee-only CFP, your advisor has a conflict of interest with you in most cases, and they may be leading you down the wrong path. Uh, this is Financial Coaching Radio. I'm Jason Qual, certified financial planner. Going to take our first break. If you have a question, hit us up online. But email the show at financialcoachingradio.com. is stressful and so is shopping for a mortgage take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal trust me on this call my friend marshall sparkman with franklin synergy bank at 615-439-0885 
great team, great process, and the best rates. Marshall Spark with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Get a second opinion. Get a second opinion. Get a second opinion. I'm Jason Qualls, commission-free, certified financial planner. I can't stress enough how important it is for you to get a second opinion on your investments and financial plan. Unfortunately, since most financial advisors care more about selling you financial products than providing objective advice, it can be hard for you to know who has your best interest in mind. Call me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner for a free no-obligation investment review at 878-2134 or go to my website, jasonquallscfp.com. Welcome back to the show. This is Financial Coaching Radio. I'm your host, Jason Qualls, Certified Financial Planner. Here to talk mortgages is Marshall Sparkman. Welcome back to the show. Hey, man. Glad to be back. Uh, let's see. Talk a little louder. Working the board today. This should be good. All right. So mortgage rates. Last time you were on, historical lows. Fox News, Fox Business is reporting that mortgage rates have jumped up a little bit. So where do they stand in Middle Tennessee? Yeah, so, you know, we were at historical low rates, and then all of a sudden the presidential elections come out last week, and then all of a sudden the uh, cure for COVID came out Monday, yesterday, and now they're talking about uh, the markets rallied and it's it's causing the interest rates to go up a little bit. You know, I think we've seen about a eight to a quarter percent increase in rate from where they were. So they're still low. They're just not, you know, as low as they were. And 30 years still under 3%, right? 30 years hovering. No, it's not under 30% anymore, or it's not under 3% anymore. Really? They're, you're looking right around, you know, it's going to be something right around there, depending on the scenario. So this cat with mortgage reports has the conventional 30-year fix at 2.75 as of November, as of today. Yeah, that's probably that's probably an average they yeah, that's everything. Just like, but here, here, Middle Tennessee, it's a little higher. Is that what you're saying? Possibly, yeah. It's it's a lot of times when you look online, they're pulling historical data, and then they'll pull an average. And also, it's not including are people paying down points or the government loans. Government loans have lower interest rates than conventional loans. You got to watch it when you're looking online, man. That's what a lot of people don't understand is, uh, I'll be quoting somebody and they'll say, "Well, I'm looking at you know bank rate, and it's showing rates are this." And it's like, well, yeah, if you look at the fine print, you're buying down points and. And it's a different loan program than you're looking for. And by the way, it probably has mortgage insurance on it. So on Fox Business, they give us a little clickable here. Let's see if I can assist the assumptions that they use. Let's see if we can get up on here. The disclosures. Wow. Fee disclosures. Fees shown. Estimates. Loan costs. Closing costs. You may pay in connection with the mortgage with the assumptions above. Payment disclosures. Trying to see. Displayed information is valid. As of today, assumes a customer with 740 credit score borrowing a conventional loan for a single-family primary residence paying zero points and an 80% loan-to-value. So down it's payment. Yeah. So down payment affects the rate. Down payment is a big factor of the rate. Yeah. Down so if someone comes in with 20% down, will they get a rate under 3% like they're saying here? Yeah. It's a tipi- so rates, interest rates are tiered and there's actually 12 different factors that make up interest rate. The biggest one is your credit score. The next one is your down payment. 
what type of property is it? Is it a, a primary residence? Is it a is it a second home? Is it an investment property? There's all these different factors. Your loan to value, your debt to income ratio. There's all these different factors that kind of go in, and interest rates are are tiered based on the level of risk that the bank has to take. So the less risk a lending institution has to take, the better interest rate you'll get. And most people, I would assume, that all the loans you've dealt with over the last 12 months, they're probably not putting 20% down. You know, right now, most of my buyers are move-up buyers, and they've got so much equity in their previous house that they are putting money down. And and um, it's people aren't taking cash out of their checking and savings accounts and putting it down. People are pulling cash out of from the equity gotcha. of their previous house. So I guess the answer the question would be m- m- most people are putting 20% down. Oh, yeah. I think uh, I think my numbers for last month were 70% of my deals were conventional, you know, 80% or less loans. When someone has a home to sell and they're wanting to use the equity in their current home to put down on the new home, how does that work with timing? What advice can you give those folks? I assume it's a contingency sale, right, when you're doing it is. That. Yeah, that's a good question, and I, I um, you know, I get that question a lot. How does that work? So it's, it's actually really simple. We do a simultaneous closing the same day you close the sale of your house, and then right after you sign those papers, you turn around and you sign the the uh, the papers for the new purchase. So basically, what the, if it doesn't line up perfectly? The well, the attorney, you got to close yourself first, and the money is transferred into that attorney's escrow account. So the attorney's holding. Well, what does mean? What if the home that you have to sell sells faster than you finding a new home? Or usually, you want to work. You, it out. you have not sold your home, but you've already found your dream home. Yeah, usually you want to work it out where you contract them both to close the same day. That's an idea. That sounds difficult. How is that even possible in this crazy market that we're in? It, it is. You know, it happens. I would say most of my purchases that I have going right now are simultaneous closing where they're trying to close the same day of their of the sale of their house. So is it typically someone will be, they'll, they'll know they want to sell their house, but they don't put it on the market yet. They find what they want and they, they go ahead and list it. That does happen a lot, especially in certain price points. I would say if you're anything under 400000 you're probably going to go ahead and find something that you want first. If you're over four hundred, you it might sit for a little bit longer, so you're probably better off listing it first before you go get your heart set on something else. Oh, so that's, that's so it's different depending on what you're your, your, your price is yep. and your area you know if you live out in the middle of uh you know if you live out in, in woodbury for example you got a five hundred thousand dollar house you, you pl- probably plan on waiting it sit uh, plan on letting it sit for a little while before you sell it it's not going to be 30 days on the market it's going to be you know 45 60 days on the market whereas murfreesboro you got a five hundred thousand dollar house in Merrimont, it's probably going to jump off the shelf you know within you know 20 to 30 days so it just depends on your area in the market so what if you list your house and it sells before th- you find a new house? What then? How do you get use that money? Well, I guess you'd have that money. But what if you have to buy a new house before your house sells? I mean, you reverse it. How do you, your house sells second. It's not a simultaneous close. What do you do then for using that money? Well, if you've got your own cash, then you can, you know, use your own cash and just reimburse yourself when it closes. Or another option is called a bridge loan. It's basically you get a home equity line of credit against your current house and you use that money as the down payment towards the next house. Um, So you can go ahead and close on that new house move into it and then take your time and prepare the other one to, to list on the market. Another good option is, is uh, I have a lot of people that'll do a 401k. Uh, they'll borrow from their 401k account and then they'll just, well, how many days do you have to reimburse your 401k account? Like 30, 60 days, something like that. 
Well, somebody's your IRA. Your four hundred one k would be a loan, so you can pay it off at any time. If you're talking about an IRA, it's 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 sixty days. Sixty days. So you could borrow from if you've got. Um, it's not a borrow. You just had to get it back. Right. You just got to get it back in there. So you can take money from your IRA, use that as a down payment, and then when your house sells, and you just put that money back in. And if it happens with within sixty days, as I understand it, you don't get taxed on it. One time in sixty days. One time. Yeah. If you do more, and it's not a calendar year. It's one time in twelve months. I said 60 days, I said that wrong. So if you do that again within 12 months, you're going to be taxed and penalized. So basically, if you're doing it as your primary residence, you're probably safe. You're flipping houses, probably don't need to mess with IRA money. People who got, people got caught doing it. It was a husband and wife. Uh, the reason that you could do it as many times as you want, you could do a 60, it's called a 60 day rollover from your IRA. You take out the money and you go do something with it and you, you, know, you get money from another source and then you put it back within 60 days. You can do it as many times as you wanted. But these husband and wife were basically, they were, they were, they were going back and forth. So the husband would get his 60-day his rollover money and then use it to invest. And I can't remember, it probably was real estate. And before the deadline, his wife would get hers and she would pay off his. And they actually have 120 That's days. Awesome. And they, and they kind of went back and forth with this. It got really complicated, but they yeah. basically were having a penalty-free, interest-free loan to themselves to go invest and make more money. And the IRS shut that down. So now you can only do... The 60-day penalty-free, tax-free uh, withdrawal one time in 12 months they per account. Per, uh, per it's person. always one person that screws it up for everybody. <laughs> it? But it was pretty smart, though. Yeah, it is pretty. smart. So there are options if your house hasn't sold and you find a new house. Oh, yeah, there are options, you know, and, and um, that's that's the biggest part. You know, there's a lot of people right now that say, hey, man, you know, I've got a ton of equity in this house. I would love to sell it pay off all my debts, be completely debt free and just go start all over again. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. So in that kind of scenario, you know, sometimes you, you may find the house of your dreams and you're like, that's it. I want this house. Let's make it happen. And we'll, and we, you know, nine times out of 10, we'll figure out a way to make it happen. And it, and it always works out. You mentioned the bridge loan, getting a home equity loan on your current house to use as the down payment on the new house. If your house hasn't sold first, how does that affect lending well because obviously uh, that new loan payment is going to go into debt to income yeah, right yeah we just we just so count you, the new loan against your debt to income ratio as long as you got enough money to still qualify you know 45 percent most 45 so it may, not, it may get some people that may that may ding they couldn't do that because their debt to income would be too high and they couldn't buy their dream home anymore you know maybe it is possible it <laughs> could it could you know if you're if your debt to income ratio is really high anyways then you know you're gonna have a problem no matter what but the the, the deal with home equity line of credit is they're interest only right so if you're only borrowing fifty thousand dollars you know five percent interest on that is ten thousand dollars a year so f half of that's five thousand dollars a year so you're looking at what a four hundred dollar a month payment i mean it's not that big um excuse me forty dollars a month payment so the, the monthly payment's not that big on them so it's not going to affect a whole lot of people and price people out but there are so the thing with if you're trying to do this sell a home buy a home at the same time you need experts you need real estate people who understand how to do this transaction and mortgage people how to make sure that they, you don't misstep anything oh absolutely yeah sorry i misspoke my numbers are way off so a fifty thousand dollar heloc at five percent is is only about 200 bucks a month so you know it's not two hundred dollars a month if your debt to income ratio is that tight where two hundred dollars a month's going to throw you off you probably don't need to be doing it anyways 
um, you know, we probably need to look at other options into getting getting you there. For those with mortgage questions, what's the best way to reach you? Sure, you can reach me in the office, 615-278-2801. This is Financial Coaching Radio. We're talking mortgages and all things personal finance. So keep it right here, locked in on WGNS. Back with you right after this. Did you know that the U.S. tax code has over 70,000 pages? This is precisely why you must have a tax expert on your team. The folks at THW CPAs have been providing their expertise to individuals and businesses in Middle Tennessee for over 50 years. And now they have an office right here in Murfreesboro. Call Kevin Sizemore today with THW CPAs at 848-1072. That's 848-1072 or online at THWCPA.com. Listen up. When is the last time you talked with an independent, objective, certified financial planner? Do yourself a favor and get a second opinion on your investments and financial plan. Call me, Jason Qualls, the only certified financial planner today at 878-2134 or go to jasonquallscfp.com. Recent reports show that half of Americans don't have any of the most basic estate planning documents, like a will or powers of attorney. Folks, if you're married or have children, you can't put this off any longer. Call John Baker, estate planning attorney, right now at 896-5621. As a husband, wife, mother, or father, you owe it to your loved ones to make sure your estate plan is in order. So call John Baker at 896-5621 or go to bakercouncil.com. Welcome back to the show. This is Financial Coaching Radio, the one place to give you the truth about personal finance. No books to sell, certainly not peddling any live event tickets. I'll leave that to the other guy. I'm your host, Jason Qualls, certified financial planner. Jason Qualls, CFP.com for all about me. Marshall Sparkman is in the house talking mortgages. One question I have for him regarding retirees. Now, getting a mortgage when you're working, you're going to ask for income data. Yep. W-2, that kind of thing. But what about when you're retired? You have nothing but Social Security and distributions from a retirement plan, maybe a pension. There's no job income. What do they need to do to borrow for a home? Well, Social Security is really simple. I just need a copy of your uh, most recent Social Security awards letter, so your 2020 award letter that you get in the mail, usually around November every year. They send you that um, statement showing how much money you're going to be making each month the following year. So. We need a copy of that awards letter. If you're drawing IRA distributions, um, we usually get a, 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 what's the agreement called where they draft up whatever your monthly distribution like a, Electronic funds transfer form, something that's stating how much it yes. is, I guess. Yep. And that goes as to prove the income from that? Correct. Yeah. We usually get with the financial planner and shoot me a letter state showing what your, um, what your monthly income is from your IRA. And we use that and we... So that's, sure. that was always strange to me because that one is not like Social Security is what it is. It can't be changed. Right. But if I'm taking distributions from a retirement plan, I can alter that. Yep. I can go down and go up. Why do you count that like it's a systematic stream of income? Well, it's your money, so you can do what you want to with it. The only thing the mortgage company cares about is that you have a likely you have to show that it's going to continue for at least three years. So if you're depleting your entire uh, account oh, in oh, three oh. years, so. Good. Could you use this strategy if you're not retired? 
if you can withdraw from your account, yes, I can use that as income. So this, doing away with penalties and taxes mm-hmm. because I could demonstrate, no, that's something that's due later. I see let's that looking your eye. I know let's say I have $50,000. <laughs> I want to I show you I have an extra $1,000 per month. Uh-huh. And you said three years. So I need $36,000 yep. sitting somewhere in a retirement plan, right? Yep. So I have this $36,000 IRA. I'm going to start having my IRA provider send me a $1,000 a month check. And you're yeah, going to verify and say, hey, he's got $1,000 a month coming from an IRA. I'm sure your mortgage people aren't really concerned with my penalties and interest. That's on me, right? Yep. So, or taxes and penalties, I guess, on my early IRA distribution since I'm not age 59 and a half. And by taking $1,000 a month from my $36,000 IRA, it will be depleted in 36 months. Yes. Will you still count it? Wait a minute. Let me back up. Balance at 70%. Balance at 70%. 70% and then 36 months. So yep. if I needed $1,000 per month, so 12000 I need $36,000, right? Yep. About 30%. So I would need more than that. So 36 divided by 40-ish. 70. I don't know. I just totally messed that up on my calculator. So about 51000 right? Yep. $51,000 in an IRA take 70% of that, divide by 36, that gets me the monthly amount. So you guys are doing some double checking mm-hmm. against the income stream people are taking. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, mortgage company, we just got to verify that you've got sufficient income to pay back the loan. Because what happened was back in the, you know, back in 2010 and 11, when all these foreclosures were going down, people were going back and they were suing the financial institution saying, well, they never should have given me this loan in the first place. So now the banks have to CYA and we have to document. Well, I, what comes to my mind, let's say someone's out there, it's a younger couple, maybe 40s, 50s. You know, they're 10, 20 years away from retirement and they're wanting to buy this home, but they don't have enough. Their debt to income is off. Yeah. And this looks like to me to be a genius way to show income because after the loan, I may not truly technically need that extra income I have to show to qualify and I could stop that IRA distribution after I close, right? Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Well, the problem is how this? many people how many people in their early or mid-late 30s are going to have much money in an IRA? All they would need is $50,000 to show an extra $1,000 How many people income. you think have 50000 in an IRA? Well, if they're not listening to this show, they're, certainly they may not have it. I'm but just they, saying. They the listen people, to financial coaching radio, they all have it. The people that need an extra <laughs> $1,000 a month probably do not have fifty grand in an IRA. I'm thinking bigger picture. I'm thinking someone that's that they're moving from a five hundred thousand dollar house and their dream home's a million dollars. And they're like, man, if I just had a, could show another thousand dollars a month. On I paper. don't feel bad for you want to buy a million dollar house <laughs> and you don't have a thousand dollars a month. Like, or not. <laughs> but it's a strategy. I don't know if that's ever been used. Somebody can say, well, kind of out of options. But you have this fifty thousand dollar IRA. I can show you how you can use that to illustrate a thousand dollar month income. Yeah, you know, it it is an option though. You know, it's it's legit income. So if it's if it's a valid source of income. And you know, and you no one is going to say, "Well, this is not sustainable very long because it's only fifty grand." He can't. No, it, three years. Why does it that this this blows my mind? Yeah. Why is it only three years? I don't know. Because what after three years you're going to foreclose on me because I don't have because my IRA right. will be depleted. <laughs> right. After three years, we're knocking on your door, <laughs> sir. Because that's what would day. happen if I really needed the income, right? Yep. Interesting. I'm probably going to use that strategy before I'm retired in this business because people would. call me with some crazy ideas. And I, yeah, I would use it. You would. 
hey, man, Marshall can do this. No, I just mean, like, if you need to, you've got to get a home loan, and you, I know you can afford it, but it's just, you know, you're going with the dealings of... <clears throat> Instead of the uh, underwriter through a mortgage company, well, there's a workaround there. Well, instead of doing that, I'd probably tell you to do an early withdrawal from your 401k or, or IRA and go pay off your debts. That would probably be a better avenue. Yeah, assuming that if your debt payments were, you know, a thousand dollars a month, yep. it would work out the same. But yeah, there's four, do a 401k loan. Yeah, to do pay. a loan against 401k. Because 401k loans aren't counted on the credit report. You know, a common scenario that I run into right now is somebody's got a they they've got a car loan and probably a small credit card loan, and they're like really tight on their debt to income ratio. But they've got twenty or thirty grand sitting in a 401k, and they're putting you know, a couple maybe a couple hundred bucks a month into a 401k. My thoughts are, hey. Right now, we need to stop the bleeding. So if you've got all these debts and you're struggling to live, let's stop the bleeding that you're not going to be able to retire off 30 or 40 grand in your 401k. It's not much money. Let's take that, pay off your debts, and then get you in a better position financially. Let's stop the bleeding, and then you can start to rebuild your, uh, for, for your retirement. Marshall Sparkman, mortgage lending expert right here on Financial Coaching Radio. Marshall, what's the best way to contact you? Call me. Uh, you can catch me in the office, 615-278-2801. Financial Coaching Radio, back right after this. A recent undercover study found that over 89% of paid tax preparers made mistakes. You heard me right, over 89%. Is your tax person making mistakes? Tax mistakes cost you money and may even lead to an IRS audit. I recommend you get a second opinion on your tax return today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. Tothero Helen Welch has been providing tax services to individuals and businesses for over 50 years. So call them today at 848-1072 or go to thwcpa.com. Would you trust your doctor or surgeon if they had never been to medical school? Of course not. So why trust your financial future to a financial advisor with little training or education? Anyone can call themselves a financial planner or a financial advisor, but a certified financial planner has been extensively trained. My name is Jason Qualls, and I am one of just a few certified financial planners in this area. So ask your current advisor about their education and training. Then call me, Jason Qualls, Certified Financial Planner at 878-2134 or go to jasonquallscfp.com. Financial Coaching Radio is with you every weekday, Monday through Friday at 4 o'clock right here on WGNS online anytime at financialcoachradio.com. Just click archives, find a list of all the past shows listed by date and by main topic. We talk about things on this show that no one else is talking about. We just don't baby step you to death. There's more than one way, more than one oversimplistic way for your personal financial planning. That's why you need to reach out to an independent fee-only certified financial planner, JasonQualsCFP.com for more. JasonQualsCFP.com for more. I'm out of here for today. Appreciate you tuning in. Catch you next time. Same time, same channel right here on WGNS. Keep it locked in. More local talk is on the way.